0: This is Hi Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Toronto's news, today's talk, 640 Toronto. Well, good
1: evening, my friends. Another week is being put to bed, but good news show about money is just beginning. Of course, it is Hi Fi Radio. I'm Wolfgang Klein, portfolio manager, along with my partner, Jack Hartle, who is also a portfolio manager. And I've said this. Loosely, when I can say it again. I, I encourage you to visit our website, wolfgangklein dot com, to get some more information. And a phrase that I have been using for years now is performance matters. Uh, you know, money is art, money is science. There's some real hard facts, and there can be some fluff around the edges. Um, I, I'm not a big fluff kind of a person. I, I'm the steward of someone's capital. It's my job to help them make money in a risk adjusted basis, and. Every now and then, we have to continue to keep our minds open and look for other means of making as much and perhaps more money. Uh, at Canaccord, I'm able to use third-party managers, discretionary, we call them SMA, separately managed account uh, platform managers, uh, and, and the world has, has become our oyster. Uh, access to some of the world's finest money managers internationally uh, basically at my fingertips. Um, and so doing some due diligence, looking for the top-performing managers, uh, to my surprise, came a company across uh, AGF. Obviously, you know the mutual fund company, AGF. We've seen their Canadian television advertising as a Canadian company. Um, but on the SMA platform, I, my, my jaw dropped. Uh, out of the nine primary managers we have, lead manager was AGF without question. I said, well, I have to have lunch with these gentlemen, find out uh, what's in their secret sauce and get to know them. And perhaps, you know, if you can't beat them, Join them. Uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please welcome Tony Janu and Jonathan Lowe to Hi-Fi Radio of AGF. Tony is the lead uh, PM. Uh, thank you very much, gentlemen. Uh, I cannot uh, thank you enough for spending some time with us. Uh, out of the gate, congratulations on your success. Your success is is, is not short-lived. Your one-year, three-year, five-year, ten-year numbers are outstanding. So much so, well, I gave you some of my money to manage. So here we are in 2023, gentlemen. Uh, I promised our clients, I promised Jack, uh, I promised our listeners that 2023 would be a different year than 2022. Probably the most poetic, profound thing I've said in a long time. Uh, So let's talk about the year. Um, How are you making out so far? Uh, Q1's now basically being put to bed. And uh, what do you see as the year unfolds, gentlemen, as, as you're looking to uh, allocate capital uh, to uh, you know, best-case scenarios?
2: Well, Wolfgang, uh, thanks so much for having us on the show. We really appreciate uh, being able to talk to you and your audience. Uh, and that vote of confidence by you coming into our uh, mandates and investing alongside with us is uh, really, really important. I just wanted to uh, mention something before we start to answer our questions sure. about the outlooks, uh, if I may, Wolfgang, in that uh, whatever I or Jonathan Lowe say today is not necessarily the opinion of AGF, and it's for information purposes only, and uh, it shouldn't be relied on for advice or either for investments uh, or for adopting uh, tax uh, strategies. So I'm not going to be recommending you know particular securities. Uh, uh, or soliciting and so uh you know I, uh I, as everybody knows you know past results are not indicative of future results but uh, sometimes uh there's a rhyme when it comes to history
3: so so now, now jonathan jonathan
2: history, wolfgang, oh,
3: that's I, totally. uh, oh,
2: you know i look at a lot of market history i've uh, been in business now for more than four decades uh and looking at the last 85 years what i've observed uh, wolfgang is that uh you seldomly get more than uh, uh, one, you know, negative year. In other words, yeah. back-to-back years seldomly happen. Last year was not a good year, as we all know, in the stock market. And in those, in the last 85 years, we've only had uh, three occasions when the stock market was negative uh, two years in a row. And uh, when that happened was uh, back in 2000 with extremely high valuation on the bubble, and then we had 9-11. And Sunday, 374, we had a severe recession. We had uh, an oil embargo, quadrupling of oil prices. And then the time before that, Wolfgang, was uh, during the uh, Second World War. And, uh, you know, clearly, you know, if something was to happen to worsen the conflict between uh, Russia uh, and Ukraine, or or perhaps uh, China into Taiwan, then uh, that would lead to uncertainty. So... We're constructive on the market in that uh, we're, notwithstanding that it's been a uh, some volatility here with interest rates and inflation and some geopolitical uh, concerns that we think by the time we get to the end of the year, we're going to be not talking about uh, further interest rate increases, not talking about whether inflation is under control or not, but perhaps uh, looking into next year into a uh, more uh, global uh, recovery. And so we like to, uh, like Gretzky says, you know, be uh, moving to where the puck is going and not to where it's been. Uh, obviously, a place that the Maple Leafs haven't been in uh, for some 57 years.
1: <laughs> if you're just joining us, uh sci fi Radio show about money. I am Wolfgang Klein, PM, Portfolio Manager, along with my partner, Jack. A uh, great pleasure to have uh, Tony Janu uh, of AGF along with uh, his uh, partner, Jonathan Lowe. Uh, they are portfolio managers. They manage uh, billions of dollars uh, through AGF, uh, and I've just allocated a bit of my personal funds to one of their mandates just to get my feet wet and see uh, well, see what they can do. But their their, their performance t- to date has been absolutely stellar. Um, 2023, there's been a lot of calls that the, the first half would be weak, second half would be strong. Um, I'm sort of fighting with the market this year I'm about flat on the year uh, so I, I too, and last year we were down in very low single digits but uh, to, just just to to, to fathom to, to try to digest two negative years in a row Jack said to me recently and I'm very much aware of it clients won't like it Um yeah, because it's not used to being down two years in a row. It's, you know, we're supposed to be up, supposed to be up, up three, down one. That's sort of what we want. But the world doesn't always give you what you want. Yeah. What do you, What do you think the probability is of having another negative year, Tony?
2: Well, we think it's uh, very low. It hasn't happened too frequently. Yeah, I guess you mentioned it's happened three times. You know, the fifth, there's been uh, fifteen uh, negative years, uh, which happen about once every uh, four years. Just like you said, you know, three positives, one negative. And what's interesting, uh, Wolfgang, is that when it comes to those 15 years, where the, the, the after a negative year you get a positive year, yeah. uh, in, in in 12 of those uh, uh, 15 years, the return has been more than uh, uh, 20%. Mm-hmm. So maybe uh, Wolfgang uh, Jonathan can uh, talk a little bit here about how you know what what was the losers, what were some of the losers last year, this year ended up being some of the winners, Jonathan.
4: Yeah, well, yeah, well, it's a, it's a pleasure to be on the show. Uh, you know, last year uh, we had you know a year where interest rates are rising, so the stocks that were doing uh, the, the the worst were were some of the old leaders actually from uh, during during the pandemic. So you know, high high growth stocks, technology companies, uh, actually the worst performing sectors last year were uh, information technology, communication services, and consumer discretionary. Those actually happened to be you know three of the best performing sectors this year. So, you know, this year we've had uh, a bit of a, a bit of a different market. Uh, you know, what, what, what we're seeing right now, it, you know, and the Fed uh, as we rec- recorded this yesterday uh, did raise rates, but left the door open for uh, potentially slowing down. And so what that what that's meant is that, you know, some of those uh, stocks that had uh, headwinds last year, and in fact, the past two years, you know, those are high valuation stocks. We know that market valuations are inversely correlated with interest rates. You know they've begun, begun to do uh, a, bit, a bit better this year so far this year we're seeing a bit of a lift in, in some of those uh, technology names you know for us we've uh treaded cr- fairly cautiously in, into some of those uh areas uh you know we think that uh you know there that there's been a bit of a trade so far but you know we're not we're not convinced that it can be a, a leadership shift over a longer period of time
1: uh the discretionary uh we're quite long that space uh you know the the mercedes-benz Tesla's, uh, Louis Vuitton. Um, what else do we own? We own Ferrari. Ferrari. Bookings.com, Airbnb. Says I'm comfortable with consumer discretionary because they were sort of sent out to the woodshed. Uh, i.e., you know economy going to slow down, going to go recession. Consumer has no money. Wrong. Uh, consumer has access to money still. According that will probably slow down. It's a tech space that that has me uh, quite intrigued. Uh, technically speaking, uh, Tony and Jonathan, uh, I'm going to say tech. I mean the charts now. They look pretty good. These tech stocks look like they've they've washed out, bottomed out, double bottom, lower lows. Excuse me, higher lows, flirting with the 50-day, 200-day, the 50-200 cross. I'm seeing that type of action. Uh, I can go down the list. I can I can, I can talk uh, not docu sign, but uh, trade desk. The uh, stock looks fantastic on the charts. Snowflake, not bad. Uh, it needs a little bit more digging and say Canadian Doc, Shopify Doc, Doc, is Shop, not bad better. Better. Snowflake, not bad. Uh are you guys entertaining with the technology at all? I know you said to me in our meeting a month ago, Tony, you don't like to catch a falling knife. I ask, has it hit the floor and give me a chance to catch it on the uh, up trajectory?
2: Well, you're absolutely right. There's no question that technology's had a nice uh, rally. But we have to keep in mind that uh you know, some of these uh, tech uh, growth oriented uh, companies have had a number of good rallies uh since the uh, triple q's which is an index that measures uh high tech uh, companies as well or, as well as including other growth uh, uh companies uh since it peaked out uh, at at the end of uh, 21 uh into early last year we've had seven rallies of more than uh, 7% Three of them have been more than 10%, with the current rally actually being the strongest, uh, up about uh, 21% through to the peak of February 2nd. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right now, we're practically right there. And uh, I would agree with you that uh, it looks like we've built a little bit of a bottom here. So I think that uh, we're going to be a bit uh, range-bound when it comes to some of these uh, tech companies that are more growth-oriented and that uh, we probably haven't defined quite yet the upper end of that range. So if one is trading oriented, they may be attractive, but we're going to be uh, concentrating on those tech companies that are not necessarily the ones that are going up because they're cutting their workforces and a lot of tech companies are doing that. Yeah. But the ones where the end markets are healthy and ones where the revenue growth is going to be healthy. So, you know, we're, we're looking at selective areas within tech. And uh, some of the names you mentioned are, are, are definitely of interest but uh, at this point in time, we're just having them on the radar.
1: Uh, we're going to take a quick break and get back with our friends from AGF, uh, Tony Janou, He is the uh, portfolio manager and his right-hand man, Jonathan Lowe. Uh, quick break. Get right back to Hi-Fi Radio on
0: 640 Toronto. Let's take a break. Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto. Somewhere in the black mining hills of Dakota, there lived a young boy named Rocky Raccoon. And one day, his woman ran off with another guy, hit young Rocky in the eye. Rocky didn't like that. He said, "I'm gonna get that boy." Welcome back, so my friends. I just finished uh,
1: spinning the White Album in my office. I got my brother's turntable hooked up, my brother's old amp hooked up, Bose 901 speakers. And I played vinyl for the boys and girls in class. Uh, so much fun. And it's such a great record. And so it was just a little bit of a, what do you call it, an earworm. Uh, it was stuck with me. I went to play for Tony Genu and uh, Jonathan Lowe. Jonathan, you don't know that song. You're way too young. Tony, you know that song. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, uh, gentlemen, uh, I have a Marantz receiver, a Marantz amplifier, uh, circa 1981, uh, in my office. Uh, My brother, uh, 40 years ago, paid about $1,100 for that electronic box. Uh, If you go into eBay today, it's worth about $4,000. It sounds amazing. It's a quality item, which leads me to the, the importance of quality. Boys and girls, friends, brothers and sisters at home. In the world of investing, if you want to win, and you want to succeed, you need to remain in the game and you stay in the game when you own good businesses. Pure E had no speculative activity required. Uh, Tony, you've seen people uh, you know, hit the ball out of the park once or twice, never come back to the game, uh, you know, putting put it all on red, And, and you, you know firsthand how, 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 how wrong that is you know, if you want to succeed long-term at this game. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong.
2: No question about it. I think that uh, one has to show flexibility. And uh, we show that, uh, Wolfgang, by starting every day with a white piece of paper or by we're willing to buy the stocks uh, that we own each and every day. And the day that we uh, uh, are not willing to buy them, they become a sell. Because we don't want to be stuck with uh, former market leaders that could do a lot of damage on the portfolio. So we're we're quite pleased that... uh, we participate on the upside, and then uh, do our best, the absolute uh, best that we can, in avoiding what we all fear, which is that ugly, you know, roller coaster round trip uh, ride where one buys security, one makes an investment, sees it going way up, and then right down. In fact, uh, Jonathan's done a lot of work for us. Uh, Wolfgang, yep. we can give thirty seconds here on how we participate on the upside and enjoy you know, the ride and, uh, and
1: avoid the downside. We're going to call that P squared, where you participate and you protect. How's that?
4: Sounds <laughs> good. That sounds great. I mean, I think actually Wolfgang, the last uh, three years have been a really great example of that because we've had uh, big boom markets right off off the uh, pandemic lows. Uh, in 2020, we you know, in February of that year, you know, the stock market was down 35%, but then it had this massive rally back off that bottom from March. Uh, through the end of the year, so that was a really great year for for the stock market overall, and it was a, particularly a great year for growth investments. So, yeah,
1: well, what did you put on the? You, you had a fifty percent year, didn't you?
4: We did. We did. We we, we did that year in the uh, remarkable. In the US. Uh, actually, all three all three of the portfolios we manage. Uh, returned over 40 percent that year
1: you know my best annual return i think is 33 or 34 uh. percent
3: so you have to put that in perspective Wolfgang. that was uh i'm gonna say a systemic risk the economy was shut down people were very afraid the individual investor was calling us telling us to get out some of them uh despite our advice uh got out of the market did they get back in wolf I think we both know the
1: answer to that. No, no. Uh, uh, I want to talk about the, you know part of Tony's secret sauce. It's funny. When you meet people, uh, you can often get some of their most powerful gems early in the relationship. And so you within about 20 minutes of your discussion with us, Tony, you spoke about something you learned decades ago. Uh, and that's about... Earnings revision and estimates being incorrect relative to, to what the actuals are, and it, it, which all ties back into the market um, prices and known information. It's the unknown information that gives you the chance to get an up or a down in the in the, in the stock. Uh, please, Tony, I want, to, I want you to talk a little bit more about that because I think it's very powerful.
2: Yes, indeed. Well, the market is not a uh, when it comes to the stock market Wolfgang, and uh, you know, generally we all know this. It's not a lagging indicator; it's a leading indicator. In fact, there's economic leading indicators that that give economists uh, some uh, indication as to whether the economy will have a a challenging time or a rewarding time. Uh, And it does seem like economists have a tough time in predicting that. At any rate, I think the stock market does the same sort of thing, whereby it's given us some signals as to the road ahead. So when I look at the companies that I invest in, I evaluate their fundamentals, I evaluate their outlooks, and I also compare uh, how the street, that is whether it's Bay Street, Wall Street, City of London, Kabutocho in Tokyo, since we invest right around the world, <laughs> how are the estimates uh, and how are the analysts looking at the particular company? If I think that they're too pessimistic uh, or probably not optimistic enough, then I'm going to uh, be invested in that company. If somehow I think that they're being too optimistic and that uh, we have disappointments ahead, then uh, I'm going to sell that security. I think a great example of that happened uh, in 2020 when the pandemic beneficiaries had gone up so much uh, that uh, they they just were not going to be sustainable at how much they went up. You know, the the Zoom uh, videos of the world or DocuSign, you know, telehealth company, Teladoc, or mm-hmm. I would say even Shopify. You
1: mm-hmm. know,
2: they, they were on a trajectory that was too optimistic and that uh, surely there was going to be disappointment ahead. And so that's what we try to do, Wolfgang. Anticipate, uh, like I said earlier, where the puck is going. And for that, it's a matter of where is the consensus going when it comes to earnings estimates. So do
1: you, do you still spend a lot of your time uh, trying to get a sense of – where the street estimates are versus where you think uh, the company could go, does that still take a big chunk of your day up? that
2: work?: Well, I think that uh, you know, most of my time is spent on picking in individual stocks. I'd say 80 percent is bottom- up security by security analysis and uh, making sure that uh, the stocks are solid, that their results will be encouraging and that they're going to contribute to the performance of the portfolio. The other 20% is really coming from more of that top-down. When we look at energy names, when we look at basic commodity names, when you look at some of the chemical and more cyclical names within industrials, for for those kind of companies, it's more a matter of uh, looking at the commodity markets. It's looking at the prices of uh, the the drivers of those individual companies and not so much about the uh, earnings revisions. Because if oil is moving up in six months from where it is today, it doesn't really matter if the numbers have come down or up in the the last six months. It's a matter of uh, where the direction of the commodity is. And for that involves uh, more of a macro downside. But most of my activity is bottom up, uh, as I mentioned, 80 percent stock selection, stock by stock. And how the company's is doing. Um, if you
1: get a chance, uh, Tony. Again, we, we're all here to learn. Uh, Jack wrote a great piece about the bond market, um, and you know what? What each part of the curve uh, focuses its attention on, or vice versa. What which markets focus on what part of the curve? And so he went through the two year, and he wrote a great piece talking about the two year, the five year, the ten year. Uh, the five year, of course, is what mortgages set off of. The ten year is what the stock market set off. But then he, he pulled up, you know, forty year charts of all these of all these bonds. And, and that told one story of basically declining rates over the last four decades. But if you take a year-to-date chart of those four, of those four curves, you, you see a different story being told. And the story that the bond market, I think, is telling us, and that's part of what Jack has extrapolated, uh, that interest rates this year will be heading lower, and if not this year, early next year. The, the rate hike cycle is pretty near done. What's your opinion?
2: No, I think, uh, Wolfgang, that Jack is on the right track. In fact, uh, you know, Jonathan Lowe has done a lot of work on this, and uh, uh, maybe you can just reflect that in. Jonathan?
4: Yeah, yeah, Wolfgang, I mean, uh, the Fed's message yesterday was loud and clear that clearly inflation is still an issue. You know, they, I think uh, they left the door open for uh, perhaps more rate hikes, but definitely signaled that we're getting closer to the end. So, Certainly the market right now agrees with that idea. You know, the market, uh, the the Fed has said, you know, we don't anticipate any rate cuts, but the market is pricing in rate cuts actually right now, beginning in July, with uh, three rate cuts by the end of the year. So, you know, right now, actually, the entire Treasury curve is trading below the Fed funds rate. The two-year yield is more than 100 basis points lower than the Fed funds rate. So that's the market saying that in two years, we're going to have rates that's 100 basis points lower than where they, they are right now. You know, I think uh, we're kind of at this unique point. You know, if you look at history, the Fed has actually never stopped a rate-hiking cycle until the Fed funds rate is above where inflation is. And currently, U.S. CPI is at 6%. The upper bound of Fed funds rate is only 5%. So there's still, you know, a little bit of uh, movement that needs to be done for that to be true. But what we've also seen historically is that when the two-year yield dips below the Fed funds rate, it's typically pretty close to the end of the rate hiking cycle, and the Fed goes on pause. And that was true in 2000, 2006, and 2019. So, you know, I think we're, we're getting close to the end. Maybe we're not quite there yet, but pretty close to the end of the rate hikes, uh, you know, if, the, if uh, market history is any indication.
1: I've got a quick question, then we have to hop, if I may. Uh, and, and friends at home, please, please work with me on this. It's going to be a little, a little technical. Um, equity risk premium. Uh, stocks are riskier than bonds and therefore you should expect a higher return from a stock over a bond the question is what you pay for that stock and what the future prospects are uh, currently gentlemen the markets trading call it what 15 16 17 times earnings the point I want to make is against a 10-year bond Uh, You're not getting paid a lot of extra premium for the risk you're taking, which we again call equity risk premium. I calculated equity risk premium coming in at about one and a quarter percent, well below the two and a half percent average minimum is what it should be. Is the stock market expensive at these levels or is it looking beyond 23 into 24 where the market is anticipating much better earnings? I'll give you 30 seconds, guys. Who can take that for me?
2: Uh, I I believe that the stock market is the best uh, uh, way to protect against inflation. Uh, I think uh, inflation uh, will probably be very difficult to get down to 2%. uh, And when you look at the 10-year bond at about 3.5%, that gives you about uh, uh, 1.5% real yield. But I don't think you're going to get a 1.5% real yield because I think it's going to be tough for inflation to get below 2%. Uh, If you look at... uh, you know, what equities have done historically in the last 100 years, 9.5% return, uh, to me, that is attractive. I fully understand, Wolfgang, that right now, you know, cash uh, parked on the sidelines, making 4 or 5% is attractive, but nobody ever really made a lot of money, you know, by having GICs and cash. So I would say, you know, that uh, for those investors that have patience, that have commitment to the equity market, Especially like good managers like yourself uh, can uh, add value, and that's what I suggest. And and uh, look beyond uh, the equity, rec- uh, right equity risk premium right now. Equity risk premium.
1: Yeah, I, I think we have to just extend time horizon a little longer. Uh, again, Jack said to me just a few hours ago. Uh, Wolf, I don't think we're through the uh, uh, the challenges yet. Uh, obviously, getting there. The the average duration of a bear market. We have now logged that. The, the decline is 35%. We actually only fell 25%. doesn't mean we have to hit the averages. But, you know, we've marked time. We've, we've, we've done damage. Uh, something has broken, uh, i.e. those regional banks in the United States. So we're marking progress. And the bond market saying we've marked progress. Just, unfortunately, a little bit more patience. And uh, I repeat the importance of working with great people. Uh, you know, Jack and I are always trying to partner with great people. Uh, you at home should do the same. Uh, Tony, Janelle, and uh, Jonathan Lowe at AGF. Uh, U.S. growth managers. Fantastic work, guys. Uh, Good job. Your debut on radio was a success. Lots of alpha created, I will say. (laughs) Have a good weekend. uh, And we're going to take a quick break. Get right back to
0: Hi-Fi Radio in a few moments. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. There's more Hi-Fi Radio in a moment. On 640 Toronto.
1: my friends. Life goes on, eh? My friend, Martin Roberge, live from Montreal, our North American quant strategist at Canaccord, spending some time with us this Saturday night. Uh, friends at home, Martin's a little negative. But he has his reason to be negative. It's part of his job. He's a strategist. He wants to help us protect on the downside and make money on the upside. Uh my friend my friend my friend I hate seeing you negative I really do. Uh, and Tony's negative. Um uh, I going to say all our... Morgan, Stru- Morgan Stanley's strategist is negative. Uh, a lot of negative people out there. The market not so much negative, It you know it's fighting, it's trying to hold on here and well the S&P flirting with 4000 again trying to push higher. Bond market telling us interest rates have risen as much as they can, they're going to work their way lower. Anyways, Martin Robert, uh my friend, uh, are you still negative?
5: Yeah, actually it's more I, I I like to say that I'm a, a, a cautiously negative to the extent that um, cautiously yeah. negative. Cautiously I got cautiously negative.
1: optimistic. In, I'm no, cautiously, I, negative. cautiously
5: negative. Cautiously negative means and, that we're not we're not we're not facing like a financial crisis like uh, we had a couple of years ago in yeah. 2000. Eight so the, the bank, banking crisis that we're dealing with has very uh, very little uh, in common with what we we saw uh in like seventeen years' c'est, c'est bon, eh? c'est bon. Yeah. so that's, that's, that's the bon. good news that's, that's positive so I guess it's the, so the world's so, not coming uh, to
3: end that's good okay but, so Martel yeah. I push back on that a little bit yeah. uh, since the great financial crisis, uh much more leverage in the system so why is it you're feeling that this is uh, not two thousand eight um, great financial crisis why why do you think it's better this time
5: yeah the banks don't have the uh, toxic uh, assets in their book don't forget uh, back then they were lending uh, and owning also in their on their book like uh, mortgage backed securities a lot of housing related um, bonds uh, which we remember uh, back then like the housing market was a was going under under a severe uh, recession. So uh, so the the fact that these these uh, these banks uh, own uh, treasuries like high quality um, assets. Uh, so the problem we're facing is more like a, a liquidity issue rather than a credit issue. So there there's very, very little risk of this the liquidity crisis turning into a sol- solvency crisis. Because of the quality of the, uh, of the bonds that they own in there. So,
1: so, so that's a good thing. So, so you're cautiously, you're cautiously pessimistic. pessimistic because we're not going to have a financial crisis. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, earnings. Um, you know, we, we just came through earnings season. It was okay. Not you know, It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. Uh, and what, April, we'll be getting another one. Within about uh, three weeks, we'll begin to hear uh, Q1 numbers hit the tape. Uh, what's your call uh, there?
5: Yeah, we're going to continue to cement um, the expectations of uh, of an earnings recession that will prevail for probably the next two or three quarters. And actually, officially, we're we are now into an earnings recession. Uh, Q four earnings are down year over year, and Q one, Q two, and Q three earnings will probably be down also on a year over year basis. So the the thing, the, the reason why. Um, like i say uh, or uh, i 'm labeled as as a as a negative strategist is because um we we still have the consumer uh, recession to deal with we've had the housing recession and we are now going through the the manufacturing uh, manufacturing recession and, and then as you know the sequence of events leading to a a typical recession is, is one that will also include the consumer recession. And this is something we're going to have to deal with in the second half of the year. So in the meantime, the market will be trying to sort out <clears throat> how deep is that, that consumer's recession. And if you know if we we're doing uh, just the typical um, uh, average recession, um, it means that, uh, yes, there is downside risk. But uh, not another 20%, That that's for sure, but something probably in the, in the ne- neighborhood of 10 ten, ten to
3: 15%. So we're, I'm going to say we're moving along. So you start with, I'm going to say, uh, housing prices going lower in, in this recession. You're talking about, Martin. Yeah. Then you have an, an earnings recession that we're in the process of going through right now, first quarter yeah. being down. Um, mm-hmm. Following that, you're talking about a consumer uh, recession. So that means people going out and just spending less money. Yeah. Why are they spending less money? Uh, they, do they not have the savings or are they going to start to lose their jobs? Because so far, no, jobs no. have been very resilient. Our expectation yeah. is, you know, as a lagging indicator, um, yeah. that's still in front of us. So the the, the layoffs that uh, people are expecting, we've seen it in the tech sector. I'm going to say there over overhiring in that sector. So you still have a lot of jobs maybe to, to, to come off there as well. But is that what you're looking for? Consumer yeah. recession led by unemployment?
5: Yeah, usually you have to wait before you enter... the earnings recession, Uh, and usually it's about two quarters after you've begun the earnings recession that companies will start to protect their margins and they will start uh, cutting cutting jobs. Uh, And and the fact that we are also uh, dealing with with, uh, very tight lending conditions or, or certainly the regional banks in the U.S. have been uh, have been uh, um, those lending mostly mortgages and 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 commercial loans and and since they will be uh, obviously t- tightening more, um, we know that small companies small and mid mid-size, sized mid sized companies have been the one hiring so the layoffs or the the job cuts we 've seen from large large corporations have been offset by the hiring. At at the small and uh, uh, medium-sized companies. So, so if we are all of a sudden uh, seeing those uh, smaller uh, companies uh, struggling because of the fact they just cannot get loans, uh, well, we know that uh, these these companies will will start laying off people, and and this is the natural loop or sequence that we we typically see ahead of a consumer recession. So, we've now got the uh, the conditions in in place for for a, 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 obviously a slowdown in 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 the hiring hiring pace but more more likely the beginning of a broader uh, uh job slowdown and and softening in labor market conditions and this summer.
1: You are listening to Hi-Fi Radio show about money Martin Reburg our North American strategist is spending some time with us again Uh, The art and science of money is, you know, is the glass half full? Is it half empty? Uh, The front of the show, half full, back half, half empty. Cautiously pessimistic. Uh, We're going to dig into that phrase just a little bit more coming out of the break. Do that right now. Pay some bills and get back to Hi-Fi Radio after about two minutes. Stay tuned.
0: Want to make more money? Stay tuned for more Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto.
1: My friend, Martin, the sun rises in the east. You are east of us. Yep. You can't be cautiously pessimistic. We got enough of that. Enough, enough, enough. Come on. Hey, but you know, I I appreciate you being a realist. And, um, you know, the market doesn't go up every day. And uh, you have to be able to tolerate some downside risk. I know our last guest is trying to protect on the downside. But you cannot avoid all of downside risk. You just can't. Uh, yeah. it's, it's never, never, ever happened. In fact, yeah. it happened once and, and and the name of the company was run by a man named Bernie Madoff. He made money every single year. And when the quant guys and the statisticians looked at that, they said that is statistically impossible. Uh, so, my friends, there is no free lunch. If it looks too good to be true, it probably is. And you have to take the good with the bad and you have to be aware of the entirety. And so I appreciate you having a... Honest, negative view of things, uh, Martin. Um, Martin, let me ask you. uh, I want to try to help you out, maybe put a smile on your face. Um, If I can extend your time horizon to the end of next year, about 18 months away, where's the market? S&P 500, give me a number. It's it's 4,000 today. It's 4,000 today.
5: Yeah, we have a a target of 4,200 for uh,
1: end of next year. Uh, Wow it's not very much it's only 4 or 5% higher yeah. from this so you're better off sitting in a GIC uh, for the next 18 months uh, than you yeah. are buying buying stocks in Martin's opinion
5: well unless the market uh, gives back uh, uh, as I, I said before like a, a couple of points and then you've got a better entry point and a, a higher expected return and the reason why the the target is very modest is because the uh, again as i uh, we we talked about before like the earnings profile of this uh, of of this uh, earning cycle is likely to be very flat, uh, owing to the extent that and when comes next year, if we were right about uh, we are right about the consumer recession beginning in the second half next year, in the second half this year, usually the last about a year, if not uh, a year and a half. So you get this situation where where earnings. Uh, certainly go down, uh, continue going down in 2023. and But you have just a, a small lift in 2024. Yeah, I was expecting a big
1: so, ramp in 24, and that's why I'm, I'm sort of surprised yeah. by your statement. Uh, but if I'm sorry to interrupt, I just want to make sure we, we get the, the points covered that I need to cover here. Um, how much do you think the S&P 500 earns this year because I had it at two and a quarter. I know the numbers were coming down, and Morgan Stanley took the numbers down to one ninety-five. So you got to put a multiple on that, friends. I mean, do uh, fifteen times or twenty times, and that's sort of where you think the market can go. When, so what number do you? Uh, yeah,
5: we have we have two hundred five. Actually, we're more optimistic than uh, uh, than some some people out so, there. So two hundred
1: five this year. So you have two hundred five this year. And where are you for twenty
5: twenty-four? I think we are back. I think we're around 225. The market, the market we were, was
1: 250. The market was 250 for 2024.
5: Yeah, yeah but we're back to probably where the peak of, of, of earlier this year. You know the peak in this? Yeah. I think it was 220.
1: It was for, for for this year. We're so you, back yeah. to
5: that peak uh, end of next year.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, again, <laughs> the, the market works collectively, and as the market goes it tends to lift most boats. I'm gonna. I'm trying to lead you into into a comment that Jack made earlier about correlation. Uh, you, you spoke to Jack at our most recent lunch uh, off air uh, about market correlation. That's basically when the market goes up, everything goes up, and the market goes down, everything goes down, for the most part. And there's a correlation. Is it one? Is it a half? Um, I would say okay. the
3: comment was really geared towards pessimism and yeah. at what point we are. Uh, I'm going to say pricing in a recession.
5: Yeah, that, that's you know that's a good question, and and there's a way to find find out. And because as as uh, you just said, when when we have a kind of a re- re- recession triggered uh, market decline, it means like there are there's no place to hide. Everything goes down. Uh, values, cyclicals, defensives. Uh, certainly, some areas are. Are holding better, but still, when prices go down everywhere, your correlation coefficients will rise. And historically, uh, 80% or 0.8 uh, is is when you have some form of capitulation. Uh, and and right now we are at 0.64 as at yesterday. So we we would need to see probably a, a relapse. in in growth equities which have done well lately so a relapse there and then cyclical stocks continuing to discount a recession and then defensives holding okay but you know stocks are stocks so when when the market is falling because of a recession again everything seems to be uh, going down at the same time but and this this uh uh, suggest that like many other pundits that like uh, the coast is not yet clear and and usually you, we need to see kind of a fi- final capitulation move that that scares people and take that, that correlation up to 0.8 or 80%. And, and and this is something we expect to see sometime over the course of the year.
3: And if you just take, I, I would say last year as a good example, Wolf, the, the market really was not pricing in a recession at that point because what we saw was to, to echo what uh, Martin is uh, articulating here, growth stocks went down meaningfully because valuations came down. So rising interest rates forced the long-duration growth stocks down. The economy was still doing relatively well, so we had value pick up the slack. As the economy moves closer to recession, starts to price in that recession, um, there's, there's no equity, I would say, that escapes the, the downdraft. But what would you say about asset classes, Martin, in terms of fixed income? Is that an opportunity to maybe hide or at least find some cover?
5: Actually, yes. Uh, and actually, I was looking at uh, the inflation-protected uh, bonds. Hmm. Um, it's called TIPS. Yep. Uh, you, know, you know those uh, yep, yep. those ETFs. I think there's an opportunity there because as we've seen over the last two weeks, or, sorry, the Fed has thrown... So many lifelines to banks that they are reflating very hard or or put in a blanket under the banking sector. And historically, when when the Fed's balance sheet is increasing as it has been over the past two weeks, usually the tips or the inflation protected bonds like sniff. A, a potential infl- inflation problem, and that's a, that's one place to hide. Uh, I would say probably if you don't want to go into money markets, uh, inflation-protected protect- bonds got really hammered so far this year because inflation has come down. But if inflation starts to stabilize and sequentially maybe go up again in the second half of the year, TIPS will do very, very well. So uh, that's an area that I really like
1: interesting uh, Martin Roberge my friend uh, once again um, merci beaucoup friends at home any questions for Jack or any money questions anything please you have a friend it's me Wolfgang Klein Jack Hartle WolfgangKlein.com is where you can find us uh, love to hear from you um, between now and then I want to wish you a safe weekend and uh, speak with you next Saturday right here in 640 in Toronto Hi-Fi Radio uh, Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle
0: have a good one <laughs>